Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thanks for stopping by. Let's talk stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all let it grow together. Good morning, guys. Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. It is uh, currently about 6.45, so good morning if you're uh, tuning in in the morning. And uh, if not, you know, good evening, good afternoon, and uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, We are on episode 18 now. Hard to believe we're already there. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to thank you guys for uh, the continued support and, uh, you know, all the feedback I've been getting. It's been been really great doing this. And I, like I said before, I'm, I'm really pushing myself to stay up to date on market news and things like that. So I uh, definitely appreciate the, the feedback and uh, would greatly appreciate uh, some shares. If you can uh, think of maybe two people that um, you know are either into investing or getting started or have mentioned any kind of interest you know maybe a podcast would be a good way for them to check it out so if if you could share it to those two people i would uh, i'd greatly appreciate it but uh, let's go ahead and get started um so you know we had talked about uh september being a historically a rough month for uh investing and for the market and uh, you know it was it was no disappointment in that regard. You know the uh, the S and P was down. You know I think it was like four point three percent. Nasdaq was was the big loser uh, at like five percent, five point two percent for the month. Uh, so you know we we definitely had a, a rough time here. It certainly could be worse. We're we're seeing some bounces back. Uh, as of yesterday on Friday, uh, the 1st, October 1st. And, um, you know, we certainly could still be in for some more uh, uncertainty and some fear. It's certainly out there. But uh, a couple things uh, worth mentioning, you know, the uh, the government spending was uh, extended until December, I believe it was. And the infrastructure bill is on hold. The uh, Pelosi didn't think she had the the votes to get it passed, so that one's on hold. Uh, so some of those stocks are still getting beat up. Some of those names that we had talked about in the last episode for um, stocks to pick when this infrastructure bill happens. So a lot of those stocks were kind of baking in some of that good news, and then when it doesn't happen or it gets delayed, they take some of that good news out of it. And, uh, you know, so that can certainly hurt some of them. And, uh, you know, sometimes it does give us an opportunity, but we, we need to tread lightly on some of these names that we're waiting for that speculation of, of an event to happen that may or may not occur. So, you know, we, we certainly got to tread lightly. But uh, I do think that the, uh, the S&P can certainly close the year out um, on, a, on a high note. Uh, you know, hopefully... We can see some sort of the the Santa Claus rally, as it's generally referred to in the in the last quarter. Um, you know, with with things getting purchased and and people doing more more spending towards the holidays. Sometimes some of these uh, these names can really take off. You know, we are fighting some of the supply chain uh, supply demand type uh, problems that we have out there with the shipping and production and COVID shutdowns. 
So we're still fighting those problems. Uh, it definitely is going to affect some of this rally. I think, you know, if, if we can't get these products in time for the holidays, um, you know, either we're going to not purchase these items or uh, we're going to find a replacement and buy these items at a later date and time. So, you know, that it's certainly going to be a kind of wait and see. We are getting some different numbers out that, that are helping us. Um, you know, one thing that we, we did see uh, was Neo, uh, the car manufacturer, the EV maker, they provided uh, September and third quarter 2021 delivery updates, and they were off the charts. They were 125% uh, increase uh, globally in September. So that means they, they delivered 10,628 vehicles globally in the month. Uh, they delivered 24,000 vehicles, 24,439 in, uh, in Q3 um, that ended September 21. So that's a 100% increase, which is great. Um, and again, we're still fighting these China problems. So, you know, this, the stock price had been rewarded there for a, a little bit in the pre-market. It held it in the morning and then it even sold off on some of this news. So I, I think there's a lot of trading around a lot of these names right now. I know personally, my portfolio is seeing bigger highs and bigger lows, bigger, bigger swings in, uh, in a day, you know, generally we're, you know, half a percent to, you know, maybe a bit more, but I mean, I've seen some days that are, uh, one and a half, 2% swings in, in a day. And it's certainly more volatile out there that it almost seems like there's a lot of trading going on around highs and lows versus some of the other days. You just kind of get a slow creep. There's not so such uh, volatility to where you can swing into negatives pre-market and then rocket high uh, off of off of that into the trading day. So there's there's definitely some uh, some buying and selling going on. I don't know that as many people are long in these positions meaning you know they're they're buying these right now to hold on to but it seems like there's a lot of buying and then selling either uh, the same day or within a couple days they're getting out of those positions for a small profit and, and trying to stay in cash so it just kind of seems like that market sentiment is still a little uneasy just based on the volatility and the intraday swings you can certainly feel it out there um but, you know, I mean, like Alibaba also, we had talked about them and they are, I think they are now the cheapest, one of the cheapest in the S&P. And, uh, you know, we're, there's a lot of people saying it's oversold. Uh, a lot of the analysts are saying oversold. Uh, I'm sure the chart probably signifies that also. But we're still fighting these China problems. And uh, I'm kind of getting to the point where in the low 140s, I'm thinking it's probably a buy to try to trade it. And, um, you know, I like I said, I, I own it. And hopefully if I can lower that cost basis and then and wait for it to run up, we can do something with it that that helps us out. But uh, it's certainly didn't, been uh, rocky. But now that one hasn't been swinging as hard as it was. So I'm, I'm thinking we're, we're finding a base and we are consolidating around that mid 140 uh, to 150 range. <clears throat> we're kind of range bound within five bucks uh, where that one was bigger drops and, you know, attempts to run back up to the to the plus side. But 
right now we're we're kind of it seems like we're we're bottoming out in that 145 range. Um, you know, we had talked uh, last time about uh, FedEx and how uh, UPS I thought was a premium operator, but uh, now I'm I'm looking at FedEx as a possible trade. And, uh, you know, at 12 times earnings, this one is cheaper than it normally uh, historically trades for. So on the uh, analyst research, and we'll, we'll take a peek here, uh, there is a 38% upside on FedEx. And that normally doesn't happen on a name that's that large and that uh, an, an older company and not normally a growth company, you know, to see that in... Uh, uh, DraftKings or Neo or Tesla, you know, you'll you'll see that those big numbers. But on something like FedEx, you generally don't see that big of a swing or that much of a price target because they're not a, a growth company anymore. So I'm thinking this this rubber band has been pulled down about probably about as hard as it's going to be pulled down. I'm thinking the downside is limited, and there's more room on the upside at this point. Uh, we've fallen from a high of 319 in May down to 222. Um, now, do I think we're going to get back to 319 right away? No, I, I don't. But I certainly think with the Santa Claus rally and just kind of shipping and things getting back online, we could certainly see 275, 280. And so I've got this one on a watch list for me uh, and for the podcast discussion. I, I posted that on the Facebook group the other day. Uh, of the different stocks that I've got uh, that I'm watching for our specific uh, stock talk on here. So now if this one gets down into that uh, that back testing that that 218 range and doesn't uh, uh, it was at 218 yesterday. If it gets back down to that range and doesn't break it and we see some kind of movement coming up, uh, it could be a sign that we're finding a bottom and uh, we can we can go up from there. So I'm I'm waiting to see some of that consolidation uh, to know that we're not catching a falling knife. And once I see that, I think it could be time to buy some, just because it's it's a rubber band that's been pulled down. And eventually, you pull that rubber band down hard enough, it's it's going to let loose, and we're gonna we're gonna rock it off of that. I don't think it's going to stay down forever. Um, you know, a price to earnings of twelve is way too cheap. Uh, you're, you're getting a 1.3% dividend, which is, you know, nothing really. It's a small dividend. But uh, hopefully the company and management can uh, can get some of these issues figured out with labor as the uh, some of the, the workers come back to the marketplace and they can hire some of these people and get uh, the shipments routed correctly. I, I do see a lot of I think all those those negatives have been baked in is pretty much where I'm at with this one. You know, we we know what's going on. We've we've kind of been knocked out through the ring many times with this one. You know, all that news is baked in. So we we know that they've had problems. We know that they're addressing them. We know that you know the labor is coming back when uh, some of these uh, stimulus money runs out or the child tax credit is money is running out. So hopefully all of that is going to turn into some positive soon where, Hey, 
we got more, uh, we hired X amount of people for the holidays and our, you know, uh, shipping facilities are running smoother and we're not having to reroute 30,000 packages a week or whatever that wild number was. So I definitely think that it's, uh, it's setting up for a trade. Now, like I said, my, my price target to, to possibly get out of this one is around the 275 mark. I'll have to re, uh, kind of adjust that as, as it goes lower or take a look. It's not something I want to be in long though. Uh, as I said before, I believe UPS is a premium operator. And for that reason, I'm, um, not going to be long in this one because when I when I think about those long names, those are ones that I, I want to own for five, ten years and uh, hopefully be able to live off of the dividends or in the name of some of the, the growth stocks, I want to be able to cash those out into other dividend picks as I get closer to retirement. It's just a way for me to uh, hopefully retire off of off of dividends and uh, be able to, you know, fund my my lifestyle after uh, uh, either I stop working or slow down my work or I get more uh, uh, free time to kind of pick to do what I want, the jobs I want to take on in life. That's kind of where I'm at. I'd love to get to that point to where I can live off of dividends. Uh, and that's part of the part of the talk for today is is getting to that point of living off of dividends, where to put them, what to buy. Um, and like what I'm eyeing up and, and how uh, being a dividend growth investor is uh, going to hopefully set me up for a secure financial freedom and retirement. So that's uh, that's going to be part two here is is becoming a dividend growth. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about some dividends here. Um, you know, it's going to be one of my main ways that I plan on retiring and having uh, income on a regular basis, uh, through, through dividend payments. Uh, currently, you know, I, I have the dividends, but I just reinvest them into the stocks that they, uh, belong to. They, they automatically roll back into buying more shares. Um, but you know, at some point in the future, I can, I can turn that off the, the drip, as they call it, the dividend reinvestment program. I can turn that off and have these dividends come right to my, uh, my brokerage account. And then if I need to, I can withdraw that money and spend it at some point in time. Um, so what is a dividend? And dividend is basically just a portion of profits from a company um, that they set aside to pay shareholders to basically reward them for holding, uh, holding the stock of the company. Now, you know, Anyone could get these, uh, whether they're executives or employees or just common shareholders of a company. And, uh, you know, not all dividends are made the same. And, uh, you know, some companies will have a variable rate dividend, meaning they're paying you a different amount based on the profits that quarter or that year. Or, you know, sometimes it's going up, sometimes it's going down, sometimes they'll cancel it. But uh, that's not really the type of dividend that I'm looking to hold for uh for retirement might be something that i'm not so concerned about now um in the world of dividend growth investing though a lot of these people who are going to live off of these dividends will immediately sell a a stock or the shares that they hold if uh if a company cuts the dividend sometimes it can be a, a sign of weakness or 
It's just not a, a position that people want to hold because of the, uh, the you know, risk of losing income from that stock. A lot of people are in dividends for, um, for the income, right? So uh, for me being 34, uh, sometimes I will take that or I often take it into consideration. It doesn't always mean that it's a sell for me, um, you know, in the way of like Boeing, as we've talked about before. I saw some other problems with Boeing uh, in the industry as a whole right now that when, once I got it back above uh, my cost basis, I did sell out of my Boeing shares. I, you know, I kept Lockheed, kept uh, L3 Harris, um, you know, and some others in the aerospace. So it's not like I'm completely out of the space, but I am completely out of Boeing. Like I, I saw too much risk there. Uh, whereas Disney, I still hold Disney. Uh, and, you know, they they had a dividend, they cut it. It wasn't a big dividend. It wasn't something that I was relying on. I just, I like Disney as a stock, as a as the company. I uh, like some of their, their growth prospects and the streaming. And I think it's going to be one I will hold for years to come. But, you know, when we're, when we're looking at uh, retirement only, one of the places that we really tend to look in the dividend community uh, is in the way of different lists that are uh, made by a couple different people anymore. It used to be made by one guy, but now he uh, no longer does it. So it's managed by multiple people that keep these lists going. And uh, it's companies that have increased these dividends for years, right? So there's dividend aristocrats, there's dividend kings, there's dividend contenders and champions, and all mean a little bit different. The, the kings have been raising their dividends for over 25 years, aristocrats is 10 years, and so on and so forth. You can kind of do your own research on, on all the years if that's what you're looking to do. Uh, but these companies are going to um, be a, a safer bet as to knowing where you're going to get these increased dividends um, on, a, on a regular basis. So the, the thing about increasing dividends is once you get your, um, your, your dividend portfolio built, your dividends are going to increase regularly on a yearly basis from most of these companies just by holding it. You don't, you don't have to put any more money in, but say, you know, you're getting a thousand dollars from, uh, I don't know, 3M or AT&T or, uh, Altria Generally speaking, if you're making a thousand dollars this year, you're going to make a thousand twenty dollars next year off of uh, a given name. Just just in raises on the dividend alone, you know, each share makes this amount, and then next year it'll make you know five percent more, ten percent more in some cases. Uh, so these are the names that you really want to hold for long term in a in a dividend portfolio. And for me, they're, they're, a lot of them are, are names that I'd like to buy now and have the, the dividends and the, the stock price appreciate as I get closer to retirement. So, you know, I've got hopefully, hopefully by 50, I can slow down what I'm doing on a, on a great scale and uh, take only the jobs that I want to take on rather than kind of chasing a lot of the work that I've been doing in the, in the past. Uh, you know, I'm getting to more of a point where I'm a lot more selective in what I do professionally, uh, rather than just kind of getting any any work that comes my way as I did in my 20s. Uh, so, you know, my 
my philosophy on the, the jobs that I take and the things that I do has changed. And hopefully at some point this dividend income can start funding my, my life as well. And, uh, you know, at, at first when you start a dividend portfolio, it feels like this can't be right. I'm making, you know, 50 bucks a year on dividends or $200. Like, you know, it, it barely seems worth it. And then you see some other, other companies, the high flyers and the, you know, the Amazons and the Teslas that, you know, you're like, man, I just missed out on all these gains. Um, so therefore I do have a mixture, right? I still have some growth. I do have my dividends and I'm, I've got a portfolio that's more well-rounded now. I started being more just strictly dividend names. That's kind of how I was taught to invest. And, you know, you let that money come in quarterly and, uh, you know, you, you got this extra money, but, uh, you know, so now I've got more of a mixture, but my, my dividend stocks is probably is, is where I, I plan to retire from. And a lot of these, the growth names, as they reach some of my targets, uh, to either sell them or trim them, I will roll that money into other dividend paying stocks to up my position in these, uh, the dividend names. So we're looking at the individual stocks within uh, a dividend portfolio. And some are going to be slower growers, both in the way of the share price and the uh, dividend. And others are going to be a little bit quicker. They're, you know, more growth. They've got more money to, to contribute back to dividends. Uh, you know, so when we're looking at that, it uh, we can certainly go through like a dividend aristocrats list or the Kings and see what's going on and where you might want to be. Um, you know, there's, there's some companies on here that I own such as AbbVie or uh, I owned Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson, Coca-Cola, 3M, uh, all names that have been paying dividends for or increasing their dividends for more than 50 years at this point as I'm, or AbbVie's 49, but most of them have been increasing a long time. Uh, as you go down the list, you know, you'll see some in the 30s and in the 20s as you go further down the list. But there are a lot of names in here that have been doing these increased dividends for quite some time. And you can follow their history as to what they paid, when they paid it. Uh, you can find it on online pretty pretty much anywhere. One that I like to use, though, is yahoo.com uh, slash finance. Uh, and you can go walk through there and go historical prices, historical dividends, and see the different uh, increases over time. Now, there are other other ways to uh, check these dividends and track the increases. Uh, there are a lot of them that are paid platforms to do that. I believe, you know, Sure Dividend or The Street, or I think YCharts is pay also. But there's a lot of different ways to to track these dividend payments and know, Hey, look, yeah, I got an extra 8% from, you know, Caterpillar or however it goes, you know? So there's a lot of different knowledge out there. You just kind of got to take a look for it. But most of these names are going to be in, uh, I see a lot of banks. I see a lot of industrial, you're going to see, uh, energy, healthcare, consumer staples. Um, a lot of things that, we're always going to need that that have a, a steady stream of income. You know, generally speaking, the tech companies are more high flyers. So you don't have as much 
tech companies that have been paying these uh, the dividends for as long because either they're newer companies or because they don't uh, they they'd rather put the money back into R and D and coming up with the the new latest and greatest. But I mean, there there are companies like IBM that are on the list, you know. But generally speaking, it's more of your your regular companies that are not going to be they're they're going to be in the um, the ones that make things that are going to hurt when you drop them on your foot more or less. So I mean, granted, there's the banks in there also. But the the ones that commonly have uh, the same material, the same products, you know, Caterpillar is is has been doing what they've been doing for ages, and same with uh, you know 3M and and all of those. So, but like I said, some of them increase these dividends at a faster rate. Some of them are slower, and you can certainly check on Yahoo uh, or wherever you're doing your research to uh, to see who is uh on the list that might make more sense for your portfolio if you're if you're looking for quicker growth or if you're closer to uh retirement and you want to preserve capital you know some of these these older names that have been here forever might be a good way to go for you or or a mixture of both but uh you know so i also look at the uh, the compound annual growth rate of the company itself the cagr so you can see how much these companies are growing on an average basis over the past five, 10 years. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things you can look at to, to kind of get a feel for these companies. But one of the great things about dividends um, is when your portfolio goes down, uh, like say in this recent little market downturn, you know, not, not a correction, not anything too serious, but we did have a 5% pullback on a lot of the uh, different indices. So, but your dividend income is remaining the same, which is great. So my, uh, my shares that I was getting paid at the end of September were able to buy these stocks at a 5% discount with the money that I was already getting paid from the stocks themselves. So there, there's certainly a, a nice aspect of it being able to purchase more when you see these dips and it's automatically happening in the background. And it's it's really great to wake up on a Saturday morning and you don't have anything to, you know, you're not going to work or anything and you get 40, 50, $100 from, uh, you know, XYZ company in your portfolio. It's really great to see that. Um, so hopefully it's something that you can uh, can take a look at and come up with something that works well for you to not be so tech heavy or not be uh, in some of these momentum names that kind of fizzle out harder when uh, when there's a little bit of a downturn. You know, some of the tech companies are growth while while the average was 5%, you know, we've seen companies selling off 10, 12, 15% or more uh, with this little bit of a downturn. And I, I just want you guys to, to know that there's other options out there and to round out that portfolio so you have that dividend income and you're not solely relying on the high flyers all the time. Uh, like I said, you know, it's good to have a mixture, but I just hate to see people getting burned solely in tech and uh, or just these high growth, high multiples or no profit companies that haven't been making any money yet. And those are going to be the ones that are going to get crushed first when that downturn comes. So hopefully that helps a bit 
tell you about what companies to look at, um, you know, a little bit about DGI, dividend growth investing, looking for these companies that are going to pay you more every year, um, especially ones that increase those dividends at a quicker rate, you know. I like to see 10% on these increases. I love to see double digit increases on the dividend itself. So if they were paying a dollar last year, now they're paying a dollar 10 per quarter per share. That's a great feeling versus some of these that are, you know, just doing a dividend, a, a small increase, like 2% to say that they increased it. Uh, it really is good to see those bigger increases. You know that you've got a company that has that cash flow to support the dividend. I did want to say also check your dividend payout ratio. Um, when you're you're looking at some of these reports, you'll see a dividend payout, and you do not want that number to be too high. Uh, ideally, I look for companies under sixty percent, meaning that only sixty uh, percent of that that profit that's coming into the company is going to get paid out in dividends. When you start seeing them higher than that it starts to get a little bit more worrisome about are they making enough money and are they going to be able to sustain this dividend payment for the length of the time that I'm looking to hold this investment. You know, you don't want to have a company that's paying out 90% and, you know, they, they aren't able to increase the dividend if that's what you want to retire on. You know, you, you want the companies that are able to grow, able to sustain what they're doing for a longer period of time. So when you do get to your retirement age, you don't have to worry about selling this stock right when you get there because the, the company is is in turmoil or, you know, whether it's companies like oil that, you know, in 20 years, we really don't know what they're going to be doing, um, you know, or cigarette companies that, uh, you know, are on the downtrend overall. You know, you certainly got to keep track of those and see where they're where they're going in the industry that they're in and see what their plans are going forward. You know, right now, some of those uh, energy and uh, cigarette companies are high payers, but will there be a time in the future where they aren't uh, is, is the question. So those companies generally increase at a lower dividend increase rate on a yearly basis. Not always, but some of the time they do. And, uh, you know, you just want to make sure that the companies that you invest in fit your needs overall and do not chase a high dividend. Um, in the way of REITs, real estate investment trusts, a lot of those are a bit higher of a dividend payment. Um, basically, uh, based on the, the structure of the company, they have to pay out in more. I believe it's 90% to maintain that, that title as a uh, real estate investment trust. They have to pay out that dividend to the investors. And those dividends are also tax different. Um, so, you know, take that into account. Also, your dividends would be taxed as uh, regular income in these companies rather than uh, qualified dividend payments. So certainly take that into consideration. Uh, do a little bit of homework on it and see which ones are going to work well for you. And, uh, you know, for me, these that I'm getting 2%, 3% dividend on now, but they constantly return a 10% increase. Those are the ones that when uh, when I'm ready to retire, hopefully my yield on invested capital will be closer to 15, 20% to where I'm building that position now. And then I'm getting that high 
dividend payment based on my cost basis on the price that I bought the shares at. So I bought them lower. The dividend kept increasing. My yield is much higher. And, you know, as you, as you age, I guess your, uh, your dividend payments are going to look great compared to what someone else is paying. Uh, you know, say we're buying, uh, Johnson and Johnson in the one sixties and it keeps increasing that dividend. But then in, in 20 years, say Johnson and Johnson is worth 700. Um, you know, it'll look like we're, uh, have such a, a low cost basis that our yield is much higher with these increasing dividend payments. So all something to take into consideration. Um, take a look at the list and, uh, you know, Hopefully you found this information helpful. I'd love it if you could share it, like I said, with one or two people that you think would really uh, either like to hear some more about investing or they're getting started. It is a good place to look on all these different, uh, the list of the dividend companies. You can also go on E-Trade or your brokerage and do a stock screener as to, uh, you know, increasing dividends or dividends above industry average or just, you know, the, the CAGR, like we talked about, that compound annual growth rate that is increasing. Uh, you know, you want to make sure these companies are in good health. You want to know that they have more income and that their earnings are going up, not not declining. But, you know, because they're declining or the stock price is declining, that the dividend would go higher because of that. Uh, so that can often be a trap too. make sure that uh, your, your company's stock price and the chart looks good and the uh, there's a dividend also, that's probably a better place to find uh, a stock that's going to appreciate with you rather than the, the value of the, the stock declining while that um, interest or while the dividend rises. It can often be, be referred to as a dividend trap. But uh, hopefully that, that helps you out a little bit, get started, get a little bit more information. Um, so like I said, share it with someone. Um, if you need any further help, you know, find me on the, the Facebook group. Uh, we'd love to talk about it. And, um, you know, thanks for checking in. If you need to start a brokerage account, follow the links that I have uh, in the description of the episode. And uh, thanks for the support. Thanks for sharing. And uh, I'll catch you in the next one. Thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.